0: You'll know when you have a
1: wild woman. She'll practice her craft without boundaries. She is truly autonomous. Her loyalty is only to the family she serves, a midwife who will not allow herself to be held back by a system she didn't create. This podcast is for the birth keepers who want to grow and change. We're open to learning through self-reflection and supportive community. We are creating the space to explore without judgment. We are remembering we were born wild. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Born Wild podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Sophia. And today I have with me Lori. um, And she's just going to dive right in and introduce herself. And she has um, some amazing birth stories to share. Welcome, Lori. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and if, you, if anyone hears little coos and noises, it's because she's got her uh, two girls she's nursing right now. <laughs> um, so they are yeah. here in the background too. <laughs> um, yeah, so why don't you introduce yourself and your family,
0: and then we can jump into your first birth story. Okay, that sounds good. I'm Lori, and I'm um, married and live in Central California. And we have three Earthside children and one little heavenly baby. Um, my oldest is five, and I have twins that are three months old.
1: So exciting. So you're just out of your fourth trimester. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Okay. well, I want to dive straight to that, but let's move back (laughs) because that's such a fun story. Um, But let's go back to your first experience of being pregnant.
0: Yeah. um, I was um, Charlie's five now, so we uh, got pregnant and we didn't know what conscious conception was at the time, but we were trying to get pregnant. Um, And um, the first time I got pregnant, I actually had a miscarriage around eight weeks. Um, And that kind of started my journey. I was kind of thinking about, you know, if I wanted to have a hospital birth or um, midwives or what kind of birth I wanted. And um, I had ended up emailing a midwife and then I kind of had a miscarriage. So she kind of supported me through email. I didn't actually ever see her. Um, also with that miscarriage. Um, my sister-in-law was pregnant with a baby with anencephaly, and I went down to kind of support her. She was the baby had passed away. And I was going to help her watch her kids kind of while she was going through all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and um i ended up miscarrying the very same night that Taylon was born
1: um, oh my gosh
0: it's a sweetest
1: sounds <laughs> sorry <laughs> no you're fine so who's on who's on your left over there
0: uh that is Nobella. novella <laughs> Yeah, she's having I mean, a
1: whole conversation with your breast
0: yeah she is i was hoping they would fall asleep
1: yeah. <laughs> this is the age too i find where they're so aware of the surroundings that they can get easily distracted <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: okay so uh taylan was born the same day i had a miscarriage and there was just so many like emotions and everybody was kind of falling apart because of what was happening with uh, my sister-in-law that I just kind of silently had my miscarriage and oh, God. um, it was pretty intense. And I was, you know, helping take care of kids while everything was happening. Um, but that's kind of the introduction. And then I got pregnant with Charlie, maybe like four months later um and i knew i wanted to have um midwife supported birth um, i was
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so sweet <laughs> i was um kind of looking into home birth versus uh birth center and the midwives that kind of um I found didn't travel outside of 30 minutes, and we were an hour away from them. So my kind of like, I was wanting a home birth, but they didn't travel. So I was like, okay, we'll just go to the birth center. And then, um, so I did the prenatal care with the midwives, and um, I, had one 20-week ultrasound, um, but I didn't do any lab work or anything kind of beyond that. And of course, when you go on for one ultrasound, they don't see everything they wanted to see because I was having a birth center birth. They didn't get a good look at the heart. So that put me into having another ultrasound and then he still didn't see what I, he wanted to see. And I was like, oh, that's enough. I didn't really even want one in the first place. I was just kind of going along with it you know being a good girl yeah
1: was it a requirement at the birth center because i know some birth centers they have ties to the hospital and you have to like do certain things or you can't birth there it was
0: an a choice i think but um they you know highly recommended it
2: yeah
0: (laughs) um and and then you know i saw there was different midwives there was like four different midwives so you would just get whoever was on call for that day when you went into labor um and my pregnancy was pretty smooth with charlie and easy and um around 40 weeks they kind of were like well now we have to start doing if you don't go into labor soon you're gonna have to like kind of the natural induction methods and um it was just kind of a big worry um because i wasn't going into labor and i was 40 weeks pregnant and i didn't yeah. they didn't tell me but or i didn't realize that after 42 weeks they kind of see you anymore they were, but, they, have,
1: they um, had they had the hard cut off at 42 weeks you have to go yeah back. Yeah.
0: yeah um so we i ended up going into labor at 40, weeks and didn't have to do any stress tests or anything um Uh, went into labor early in the morning and we had an hour drive so that was really something that we were like thinking about a lot it's like when do we drive Um, so we went a few hours and my contractions were pretty consistent and i had a friend that lived in the town so i'm like well i'll just go hang out at her house until it's like really time to go to the midwife's place. So I went to her house, and then the midwife came over in the early afternoon. And I had my contractions were feeling pretty intense, um, but being a first time mom, I don't know. It's hard to know if it was like intense or if it was just so new you don't know. You yeah, know? yeah, it's true. Um. So I labored for several hours and the midwife came over and I remember (laughs) I remember thinking I better be more than a three she checked me and I was like two so I'm like that kind of just deflated everything yeah um and I labored at uh, my friend's house for the whole day and then things were kind of picking up in the evening and getting intense and um the midwife had told me to like just eat some food, relax, take a nap. Well, I ate and I threw up and I couldn't really sleep. And it was, I was pretty uncomfortable and things were picking up. So I went to the birth center around nine o'clock at night, I think. Um, and I still wasn't very dilated. I don't remember, maybe like four. Um, and then labored there all night long. And it wasn't really going anywhere um so they were just you weren't dilating dilating yeah Mm -hmm. um and they kept checking my cervix and my cervix was starting to get swollen and um basically i think it was the early hours of the morning they said well we can break your water and we can try to move things along, and you can have the baby here, or you can transfer to the hospital, is kind of how it was presented to me, so I'm like, well, I don't want to go to the hospital, so let's break my water and see. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we transferred to the hospital, and um, and that was pretty kind of devastating, obviously, my birth plan had really changed.
1: Wait, 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 hold on, I'm confused. She ruptured your waters, and then oh, you okay. put it anyways?
0: Oh, sorry, i um. Charlie's heart rate was dropping after they ruptured my waters. Uh-huh. After it wasn't very long, um, his heart rate was dropping with basically every contraction. Okay. Um, so it wasn't very long after they broke my water that we transferred to the hospital. Um. So went to the hospital and then they suggested an epidural so i got an epidural and then his heart rate was still dropping so they did and i think it's called an amniocentesis, where they put water back up inside of you um so we did that didn't help uh and i pretty much knew when we went through the hospital doors that i was gonna end up with a c-section yeah um and that's what happened. So I ended up being in labor for about 45 hours um, and then went back for a C-section and the C-section was pretty smooth and um, no competition for that. And in the OR, we were were able to do skin to skin, um, which was nice. for a little bit. And then as soon as I was back in the recovery thing, they had Charlie there too. So,
2: um,
0: luckily our breastfeeding journey wasn't affected and I was able to breastfeed him pretty easily. And, um, that all went pretty smooth, but I walked out of the hospital saying I'm never having a C-section again. Um, so
1: in your mind at that point, did you like feel like you knew how you ended up there or were you feeling like it was like super necessary? Um, What was your take from your birth right away um, as versus like over time processing it?
0: Yeah, I didn't really realize how many interventions I was getting from the midwives. Um, You know, you kind of, I assumed that it was gonna be kind of a low intervention birth. but it wasn't. And, um, I, yeah, so that's kind of how I felt about it. And then over time processing it, this kind of, and I realized there was a lot, a lot of interventions and kind of things that if I had even just stayed home, it could have been a very different story, just leaving my space and worrying about the drive and going to somebody else's space. And, you know, there was a lot of factors. Um, And all like growing up, I had positive birth stories. My mom had three kids and they were in the hospital, but you know, she didn't have an epidural or any sort of, you know, kind of medication like that. And on my mom's side, my grandmother, they were really poor and um, Native American and um, all of her kids were born at home. All of my grandma's brothers and sisters and then on my grandma's side most of her kids were born at home they lived out on a farm like kind of in the middle of nowhere so you know I went into birth believing in my body and really um, thinking it would work and I didn't even really think about it working Um, so that was that was tough Mm-hmm. Just so you, left,
1: you left the birth feeling more like people got in your way versus my body didn't work. Yeah, of. yeah, okay. Um,
0: yeah, so that was Charlie's birth, and that really, after after that birth, it took a little while to process and even want to like think about having another child again. Um, and when I was kind of getting there. I was just listening to a bunch of birth stories and um, and then I decided that I wanted to have a free birth with my next pregnancy.
1: Mm-hmm. Did you um, come across the Free Birth
0: Society? Is that um, what sparked that? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I just listened to any kind of birth story I could find on um you know itunes or whatever and mm-hmm. um that's kind of how it started
1: yeah and so how old was charlie when you got pregnant again
0: he was a little over two okay and then he um juliet was born right when he uh, was almost three
1: okay and how was that pregnancy
0: so that pregnancy, there was a lot of kind of work I did. Um, I really d- did a lot of research into um, physiological birth and um, kind of the mechanics of birth and what, what your body needs to give birth naturally and kind of all of that. And I spent most of my time doing a lot of research on that um, my pregnancy was totally wild. Um, my husband thought I was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we weren't really on the same page for like a, a good part of the pregnancy, and his kind of method is just to avoid talking about it. So we didn't talk about it for a really long time until I was like, "Well, this is what I'm doing." You could either be here or not. This is what we're going to do. So he eventually came around. It just took a solid amount of time. Um, and I had my cousin. Um, she was a big support in that pregnancy. And um, she's kind of who I would talk to about all things free birth. And she was really supportive and um saw my vision and held it for me so that was really sweet um, to have her support
1: yeah so your husband um, if it hadn't been up to you what was his like how did he leave Charlie's birth was he like let's do another c-section he was he like let's at least have a home birth with a midwife like where was he
0: in terms of like future births I think Charlie's birth kind of had him scared um, especially because his heart rate was dropping every time so he was coming from a place of being scared more scared than I was and um and then him not really being open to talk about it really kind of made it hard
2: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: um but eventually we were able to have conversations about it and it was you know we smoothed things over before the birth but um yeah so your cousin was your your main rock and vision holder yeah glad you had somebody yeah she was really amazing um and then my prenatal care just was doing lots of walking and uh eating well and taking care of my body um baths and such Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my I forgot to mention my first birth I kind of I don't know my mom had very short labors all the birth stories I had in my head were like of short labors so when my labor was so long that really threw everything off
1: <laughs> <laughs> well there goes that theory one of my students was just interviewing people like what was your oh wait no no maybe what she was asking yeah was what was like your birth like when you were born and she was wondering if people like paralleled their own birth stories and <laughs> yeah so um but again it's like hard to know if you um had stayed in your right. safe space you
0: know versus being at a friend's house in a birth center yeah 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 so that I mean after the 45 hour labor this with Juliet's pregnancy I was prepping myself for like being in labor for three days safe. that was like yeah and then after that I would just start to, you know things we might change the plan but three days was what i was laying down in my head and telling myself
1: yeah you're like if it happens sooner wonderful but
0: yeah (laughs) and i think that was really helpful and i think that would be um some wisdom i would pass on for another first time mother is just to expect to be in labor for a really long time because once that you know short labor thing gets in your head and it's not short that really messes with your mind a little bit Yeah I tell
1: everyone prepare for two days like just take care of yourself like you're going to be in labor for two days.
0: Yeah yeah that definitely going into my second labor helped me mentally kind of prepare and be ready for whatever what was coming my way. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, Juliet's pregnancy was pretty easy. Um, I had I tend to cook babies for a while. So she, I was kind of coming up on 40 weeks and then 41. And then I went into labor at 42 weeks. Mm -hmm. Um, And early labor was super easy and lovely. I was walking and we watched a movie as a uh, family. Uh, My cousin, Rebecca, came down for the birth. She was up north. So she was here and... The whole time we were kind of like well I'll call you when things start to happen but I don't know when things are gonna happen so she once I was getting towards 42 weeks she's like I'm just gonna come down because things are gonna happen at some point they <laughs> are like I'll let you know
1: you'll have three days to get here <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, yeah so she ended up coming just coming anyways and then we had like a really lovely kind of last day together and then um I went into labor and um when we were watching the movie I was like well I need to get some sleep so I just kind of went upstairs and went to sleep and was having regular ish contractions but they weren't intense and I just really wanted to get some sleep because I was going to be in labor forever mm-hmm. that was my story I was telling myself so I took a nap and then I couldn't really lay in bed anymore it was about midnight. Um, so I just got up and went downstairs and I just kind of wanted to be by myself. So I lit some candles and put some music on and, um, just labored on the floor by myself. Um, and Between every contraction, I slept because I was, I told myself I was going to be in labor forever. So I'm like, I'm not going to be tired. We're sleeping. So I would work through a contraction and then I'd lay down and take a nap.
1: Utilize (laughs) every moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I was drinking a ton of water. I was really, you know, trying to prepare myself well. Um, And then my labor kind of was intensifying and I had a really big contraction. I was, downstairs and our room where my husband was sleeping was right above me so I'm like well when I'm ready I'll just yell and I'm sure he'll hear me well (laughs) I yelled and he didn't hear me (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca had the door open and she heard me go downstairs so she was just kind of like listening and kind of peeking in on me I didn't even know she was awake so when I yelled she kind of came running down the stairs she woke Russ up and came and then right as they got to the bottom of the stairs i'm like i'm gonna throw up so they like found a pot real fast and i made it into the uh bucket or whatever and then right as i was throwing up my water broke Uh, and um it was all pretty intense and that was pretty much transition i think that was happening and then um let's see and then we, I wanted to get into the tub. I was ready to get into the tub. So I went upstairs and got into the water and that felt really good. And, uh, Russ, Russ was really nervous. I could just tell, and he kept running away and he had diarrhea. He was like running away to the bathroom. And then Rebecca was there and it was kind of a, funny uh, and he was a mess and then um, I had a pretty big connection. and then there was like something that came out of me I'm like well that doesn't feel like a head so I felt and there was a foot mm. um, and I was pretty sure Juliet was head down when labor started and then I think at some point she was wiggling a lot in my um labor I think she had flipped mm. in labor um so I had one foot out of me and I'm like, okay, this is, this is going to make Russ nervous. Let me just kind of think about this. And then I told Rebecca what was going on. Um, and then we just got out onto the floor and I said, okay, let me just get her out as quickly as I can. Um, and we, we did what we could to get her out as fast as we can but she came or we could um she came out floppy and really blue and um so in the process of all that we had called 911 and i started cpr when she came out and wasn't breathing and um and then you know the The police came and it was pretty intense and it was like a really young officer who probably had never given CPR to anybody before and I'm a nurse and he was doing it I'm like you're not doing it right just give her back to me and I'll like let me take care of it until the medics get here so um they were here quickly I didn't uh, time is hard but uh, they were here pretty quickly and um when they were here working on juliet they were doing cpr and everything i birthed the placenta pretty just kind of moved over and birthed the placenta pretty quickly and then um she was still
1: attached to it
0: yeah and then when they when they got here they were starting you know they cut the cord and kind of did all of that um so somewhere in between there i birthed the placenta while she was attached and then they just disattached or whatever cut, yeah. cut it off and then took the placenta with them as well but they were doing CPR and kind of basically just got got her up as fast as they could and ran out the door because she wasn't stable um and the medic told my husband he was like we're gonna fly so I don't I'm not I don't want you in the ambulance but hop in your car and follow us to the hospital oh,
1: like go fast not hell long. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, sorry. Like we're going <laughs> <dive> super fast. <laughs> um so the hospital in my town is pretty, it's a small hospital. They don't have a NICU or anything. So they worked on Juliet stabilizing her. And then um another ambulance came for me and um I didn't necessarily need it, but there was just so much going on and I just wanted to get to the hospital. So I rinsed off in the shower and Rebecca was running around the house, getting like water and my phone and something to wear. And then they just kind of took me off to the hospital pretty shortly after Juliet. Um, And of course I was bleeding because, you know I didn't have my baby on me and there was a lot going on. So I was bleeding quite a bit. Um, And when I got into the hospital, they promptly jumped on my uterus and gave me a massage and I almost punched the girl that was massaging me. It was horrible. It was awful. Mm -hmm. Um, And she wasn't very kind. There was just a lot um, going on. And I was kind of questioning what they were doing to me. And because I work in the healthcare field and
1: um you're at the same hospital as her
0: yeah we were kind we were kind of like a few doors away from each other so Russ was with Juliet kind of watching everything that was going on the out you know outside of everything that was going on and then I was a few doors down so uh the nurse went to get Russ because he was right around the corner and told Russ that uh, I wasn't behaving <gasps> uh, I in line and he needed to tell me to behave
2: So, wow. <laughs> um
0: I found this out later obviously but Russ kind of looked at her and laughed and was like <laughs> uh she's her own person and she, I mean she'll tell you what she wants to do yeah, I her. Uh, yeah how disgusting is that so nasty
1: it's uh, like a little unbelievable and you hear it over and over again from
0: but you know it's like oh uh, so gross yeah you know, it was really awful um but I ended up getting Pitocin and kind of my bleeding was under control and they moved me to the um OB floor and then Juliet was still in the ER part and they had called. Did um, they give you like Pitocin
1: or like, did they do anything other than monitoring you and jumping on your uterus? And I think
0: they gave me Pitocin. Pitocin. Okay. Yeah. And that was, I don't know if it was, I think it was just one dose, but I don't, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then they were still working on stabilizing Juliet and they had called the NICU that was an hour away and they were putting the team together to come down and pick her up. So they had were getting a neonatal physician and the whole and a nurse and the the transport team. Um, So I went into the OB room and then um, an OB doctor came in and kind of checked me and they told me I had to pee on a beat, a bedpan and I didn't feel like I could so they put a catheter in me, and um, and then the physician came in, and he was like, "Well, you have a tear. I'm going to stitch you up." I'm like, "Well, how bad is the tear?" He's like, "Well, it's like a first degree." I'm like, "Okay, don't stitch me up." And he said, "Well, what do you want me to do for you?" I'm like, "I really don't want you to do anything." <laughs> Leave the room, please. <laughs> yeah, he was such a jerk. Uh, so he left, and then um not happily but he left and then um Juliet was like kind of stabilized and they had her in a little isolate thing and brought her in so I could see her really quick before they left um so I got to see her and touch her and say hi and then they took her to the hospital um and I uh, told the hospital I said I'm gonna go see my baby so you could either discharge me or I could sign out AMA. And so they just discharged me and then, um, we headed down South to see Julia. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I saw her at the hospital, she just didn't look good or, you know, um, I've worked in the ICU for a really long time and I, she just, I could tell it wasn't, wasn't good. So I was, while we were driving down there, I was kind of trying to prepare my husband that probably wasn't going to be good news. Um, and it was going to be a really hard, awful day, even though it had already been a hard, awful day. Um, so we got down there and they were working on her so we didn't we sat in the waiting room for hours and I was you know freshly postpartum bleeding everywhere it was really horrible um but I I was like well if I'm you know if I can't see her can I pump because I want to you know get some milk and they were like okay, you can come back. We'll send you in a back room. And then I thought, okay, this isn't good. If they don't want me to pump, like there's, that's not good news. So, um, there was like a big family meeting and, um, she just didn't have, she just wasn't well and kind of was on the verge of dying. Um, and instead of, making her suffer russ and i decided we wanted to just make her comfortable um so my dad and his parents and my sister came and we all got to hold juliet while she was on the ventilator and say hi and bye and um and then once they took the breathing tube out they extubated her we just held her and sang to her and um had some really special like last moments with her Uh, it was really awful and hard but it was really special time I'm grateful that we got to um just hold her and sing to her and she was really strong and she stayed alive for a couple hours so we really got it was hard to see and it was hard to like be in it, but it was really special that we got that time. Cause that was the only time mm-hmm. we got with her. And my sister-in-law um, set up the, I, don't, I forget what the company's called, but they come and take pictures. Yeah, now I lay me down to sleep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that So they came and took pictures with her, which are really special and mm-hmm. um, i'm very grateful that my sister-in-law uh set that up for me and she knew about it because she had a stillborn baby so um it was it was special (sighs) so intense yeah it was really really intense
2: um
1: was was there ever any like conclusion that like she just was stuck too long or like why you know like what what happened
0: um there there wasn't really a conclusion but we didn't really ask for Mm -hmm. one either I was just I just you know her story was that she came and she went Mm -hmm. and that was her story I didn't really need an explanation Um, yeah
1: Yeah. did the hospital like ask any questions in terms of like were you free birthing was this like the baby just came so fast was was there any questions about that and how are
0: you treated depending on the answers you gave um my husband uh he you know he went with the baby at the the first hospital and he told the truth which if we were talking and you know we could have had a pre-conversation about this thing maybe don't say everything but um he told told them that there wasn't a midwife and there was a lot a lot of judgment and it was pretty harsh from the first hospital Mm -hmm. um in the NICU they were really amazing and they it didn't seem to change the care that we were given like the story that we had Mm -hmm. and obviously part of that is that I look very white so I think that um Played a apart if my skin was darker there would have been more questions I think
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. um what is that like fourth
1: trimester like um because I assume your milk still came in
0: or... oh yeah that was really really hard um Rebecca, thankfully she was able my cousin was able to stay and she just uh she midwife the heck out of me which we cried together and um she would give me like sits baths and give me massages in the bathtub and we would just hug each other and cry and um Russ was a really good support too um, but to have the womanly you know connection and like a sister to hold you was really um really special and helped my healing Um, Mm -hmm. but it was it was hard and I didn't really want to leave the house or see anybody for a good amount of time there was also a lot of judgment from our family like because she was born at home that's why she died there was a lot of like um blame put on us and that really put a divide and kind of people that we knew supported us there were people that showed up and there were people that didn't show up and they still don't show up and our relationships with them are never going to be the same um, but i mean it, we'd adapt the people that uh, uh you know. definitely wow yeah. can't even imagine not showing up for a family yeah it was pretty it, there were some it was sad (laughs) it still is sad it makes me sad to think about but um we did have some people that showed up and fed us and loved on us and
2: that
0: was really really helpful and we had a lot of bills because we had two ambulance rides and and nick stay and i was in the hospital so there was a lot of um support. We had financial support from people as well, and that was really helpful in the, you know, healing process to not have to stress about paying these outrageous bills. Uh, so that it, um, kind of, you know, my healing started as soon as she was not here anymore, but it took a really long time to kind of process everything and get through and even be ready to think about getting pregnant again Mm um russ and i started i think after her second birthday we were kind of feeling like we were ready to start trying again um
1: at what point did you and i meet how where was that in your journey um think because i know we connected for like disability or was it after juliet's birth you were trying to get extended
0: or yeah
1: and yeah then in person at the free birth society
0: retreat mm-hmm. yeah and then we first met at heather's house i think i was pregnant yes yeah yeah,
1: yeah. And then connected for some paperwork support and then met um after julia had passed at the retreat yeah yeah Yeah. okay that's right yep um so she it was
0: like two years her two-year anniversary when you guys decided to start trying yeah that's kind of when we started talking about opening the door for another baby to come in um and i her birthday's in May, and we maybe started trying kind of at the end of summertime.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and Russ travels a ton for work, so there'd be, like, a month that we'd try, and then he'd be gone, and then he'd be back, and mm-hmm. so it wasn't, like, every single month, but it, I didn't end up getting pregnant until um, the end of March, so it took, it took a while, but there were months that I did, we didn't try in between, and... In January, I got COVID and got pretty sick. So we kind of took a pause there um, and really tried to heal myself up up again before we started trying. Mm -hmm. And that first cycle kind of when we tried is when I got pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, And my cousin, Rebecca, she was coming to visit. So it was early, but I took a pregnancy test because I wanted to know if I needed to behave myself <laughs> or if I could have some wine yeah. while she was here. Um, and it was positive, so. Um, oh, that's that so was, sweet that she was there when you found out. Yeah, that was really sweet. Um, and we, she was coming into town to go camping. So we kind of had everything ready and went camping and, um, our conception was very conscious, and we kind of lit candles and had like a really sweet, you know, ceremony um, to bring a little baby into the world. And um, I felt very spiritual this pregnancy. There was a lot of spirit work happening, versus with Juliet, it was like a lot of research, kind of physiological birth, and all of that. Um, so this pregnancy definitely was very spiritual um, and we went camping and i saw two little owls like the um we had, were sitting around the fire and there were two little owls playing in the trees and kind of flying around and i'm like is this a sign could it be twins <laughs> Oh. <laughs> that was the very beginning of my pregnancy and I was like well you know I don't know but I felt like the owl was definitely like a spirit animal of this baby um so I
1: have a question at what point do you and your husband start talking about if we do get pregnant have a baby where's this baby going to be born was it before you even decided to get pregnant and start trying like where because I because I know and as the listeners are hearing he wasn't 100% Mm -hmm. on board and I could imagine what that experience could do to a relationship it could go one of two ways and so touch on that a little bit and what those conversations were like. Yeah,
0: thank you for asking that. We um, were very clear in our um, after Juliet's death. It really brought us closer, and we were able to communicate better. And we had many conversations about what this next pregnancy would look like. And he was a hundred percent supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, and it felt very different than with Juliet. And I forgot to mention at the end of my pregnancy with Juliet, Russ was having nightmares about her dying every night and like daymares like for two weeks straight so I think that's kind of messed obviously it was a sign of some sort or something but um, that's why he was nervous as well because he was having all of these visions of her dying and it was just really stressful for him and he didn't tell me that so I didn't know he was kind of like dealing with that on top I think he didn't want to scare me Um, right yeah um but this next pregnancy with the twins he was very supportive and we had many conversations about what our pregnancy would look like and he um supported my decision to do whatever I felt like was right um So that just made the pregnancy so much easier and less stressful with his, you know, support and, um, and from the very
1: beginning, were you decided that you were going to stay home to birth or were you trying to like feel out how the pregnancy
0: unfolded? Where where was your mindset on that? I yeah I wanted another free free mm-hmm. birth and um yeah. wild pregnancy I that just um with Juliet's pregnancy it was just so amazing uh, even her birth was like so beautiful as you know the outcome was not what we wanted but her pregnancy was beautiful and her birth was beautiful and um I really stepped into who i am as a woman because of her birth and uh, she really showed me my power and um, it's a really special gift that i'm so thankful for Um, so i was definitely wanting to do that again
1: Um, yeah okay so then you had a wild pregnancy and um, yeah meaning you didn't have an ultrasound so you didn't know I mean in quotes (laughs) there was no like confirmation of twins so at what point besides the like seeing the owls were you like maybe this really is
0: yeah there was um there was a day I was going to work and my commute was an hour away so and I drive by the ocean every day I go to work and there, were, there was a whale. I was like, oh, that's so beautiful. Like I totally identified my spirit animals, totally a whale. So it was like really amazing. And then there was another whale that popped up right behind that one. And I'm like, okay, two owls, two whales. And then kind of shortly after that, I went to rest. I was like, what happens if it's twins? <laughs> he was like, don't even bring that up. I can't even think about that. and we kind of like laughed about it and that was kind of the end of the conversation Mm -hmm. um and it was kind of on my mind but I was like ah, you know it's I can't be twins it's just just you know it is what it is Mm -hmm. so I my belly was a little bit like measuring a little high but I had with Charlie and with Juliet so it wasn't like I was humongous or anything um And when you say that, were you
1: seeing anyone who was measuring, were you taking your fundal height or?
0: Yeah, I was, I was just kind of taking my fundal height and I wasn't doing it like super seriously, but I was just kind of measuring. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and so that's, that was, you know, I was measuring a little bit big, but that wasn't really something out of the ordinary of my other pregnancies. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think I looked back at my text messages because I text you well early in our my pregnancy I asked if you would support me kind of through um virtually so if I needed your help in the birth process I could FaceTime you and then we also met and had like prenatal sessions um so that was really lovely and um we had a prenatal session scheduled or something and I text you and I was like, I just felt two hiccups at the same time
1: <laughs> in like different spots of your belly, right? Yeah. yeah. You were like, oh wonder And then you got out your fetoscope right to listen.
0: Yeah. and I had I had been kind of playing with the fetoscope and had found a heart rate up high and then the next time I listened would find it down low or, um, but turns out there was two babies in there so.
1: <laughs> not just one really wiggly one <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, yeah, I
1: remember when you texted me you're like there might be twins but uh we will find out eventually
0: <laughs> yeah there wasn't I mean I would like some days I would feel like oh there has to be two and then other days I would feel like oh I mean maybe I'm just talking myself like maybe I want to maybe like <laughs> yeah. uh. I don't know. but I didn't feel it like as sure as a thing, but some yeah. days I felt real sure about it. And some days I didn't.
1: I know that, that text piqued my
0: curiosity. I was so excited. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was, that was kind of, I mean, I had kind of thought about it my whole pregnancy, but at the end of my third trimester, when I felt the two hiccups, like that was kind of on my mind.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And we really started to, I kind of asked you for some resources about twin births and kind of um, just mentally prepared just in case it was two, but there might only be one. Right. Um, And it was hard for Russ to not know. because And he was like, he was in such a good place and was totally ready for one baby. And then when I told him, I had kind of talked to Rebecca about there being two later in my pregnancy and then hadn't mentioned it again to Russ, but then when the hiccup thing happened, I was like, well, he needs to know. That <laughs> so after that happened, that kind of threw him off a little bit. And we really had, I'm like, don't go on your phone. Don't Google twins, stay off your phone. Really just like, we'll talk to Sophia. We had like a birth team meeting and, um, that was really helpful for him. That kind of like answered some of his questions and he was able to drop back into a good place again but for a minute there he was like kind of nervous yeah,
2: I can imagine yeah um, yeah
0: that was um <laughs> pretty intense <laughs> um, but my prenatal care I I um went to a chiropractor this pregnancy and that was really helpful um this pregnancy was hard really hard Mm -hmm. a lot harder than my other two pregnancies and I thought well it's been two years since I've been pregnant I'm getting old like maybe that's I'm you know I'm older than I was maybe that's why it's so hard (laughs) Uh, because with Juliet I was like 39 weeks pregnant plucking weeds out of the backyard and just like really active and with Charlie's pregnancy and this pregnancy I was like struggling to get off the couch at 34 weeks and it felt hard to move and my belly felt really heavy and
1: it all makes so much sense now
0: huh yeah Yeah. (laughs) and somehow I managed to work until 36 weeks which and not just work but as a nurse yeah 12 hour shifts
1: yeah
0: (laughs) and my last shift was oh it was a it was hard (laughs) um Yeah. So we, I survived and somehow didn't go into labor, uh, before, (laughs) before I was done working. Um, I did a lot of walking kind of in the beginning of pregnancy. And then towards the end, I was just so tired. I would get Charlie off to school and I would just come back and sleep and, um, my priority was resting and I felt like my body was asking me to rest and not like move and be super active. So I just kind of honored what my body was asking. Um, and this pregnancy, I was starving. I would, I like eat so much food and i would wake up in the middle of the night hungry and i hadn't that wasn't something new for me I hadn't woken up in the middle of the night hungry with my other pregnancies so i had like snacks at my bedside like <laughs> i was like I always so eating <laughs> um, and i tried to kind of follow the brewer diet really like lots of protein Are you
1: there? I'm back. I can hear you. (laughs) Okay.
0: Um, Yeah. So I ate a lot and then drank lots of like um, tea. I had some tea from Heather, the moon and honey mama. She has like really amazing prenatal tea and just drank tons of that. Um, uh, Yeah. So that was kind of my prenatal care. And then it was Christmas time and I was just trying to survive seeing family when I really just wanted to lay lay down and not move, Uh, but we made it through Christmas week and kind of everything that was going on. And Charlie had a play date with one of his friends and he ended up having COVID and we all got COVID uh, five days before I went into labor. (laughs) it's so not fair it's so not fair um luckily my I had COVID the year before pretty bad so this COVID round was easy really um and the whole house came down with it so we were all kind of uh, Rebecca had come back uh, to be with me for the birth and um she actually came down early because her house was full of COVID she was trying to avoid it so she wouldn't <laughs> give it to us and then we ended up giving her COVID <laughs> um at least she was here with us
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah we'll all um, be sick together yeah, yeah we get and, it out of the way before the babies got there <laughs> I mean honestly it was turned out to be a blessing but it was stressful in the moment I bet um because uh, how far along were you at that point I was 39 weeks 39 from- yeah um and we kind of I just took it really easy and Rebecca just made a ton of food because she knew we were all probably going down so we had a ton of food and we weren't really hungry but I was forcing myself to eat because I knew I needed to eat to feed the baby you know and um like I said I it I didn't feel good for maybe three or four days, and then kind of the day that I went into labor, I started feeling pretty better, like not 100%, but I was pretty much back to my baseline, and uh, Russ, my husband, was the sickest, and I told him, I'm like, you need to get it together, because <laughs> this baby's is coming soon, I need you to feel better. yeah and luckily the day that I went into labor he was starting to feel a little bit better too so that was good um so the day I went into labor uh we had like a really sweet little big brother ceremony for Charlie he was pretty nervous about the babies dying and he would say that often. And you could tell that he was pretty, he just couldn't really get excited until his sibling was here, Mm -hmm. Earthside. So we had a little brother ceremony and we made a sweet little bracelet, big brother bracelet. And uh, we like with every knot, we tied three knots and we made wishes about his sisters that they would make it here. And it was a really sweet ceremony. And kind of while we were doing that, I had contractions that were starting and then they were kind of regular and they were feeling pretty intense. And just to clarify, you didn't know they were sisters, right? no okay
1: okay so when you were tying the knots it was just more for the baby for the baby the the one baby but yeah
0: we knew there was one baby in there (laughs) okay
1: I just wasn't sure if you like had found out the sex I didn't think you had but yeah
0: yeah we didn't we didn't know I just um,
1: yeah well wishes for the baby at least one (laughs) (laughs)
0: uh yeah so we went um we kind of finished the ceremony and after that I was feeling like the energy of being around people was too much so I'm like let me just go upstairs to my room I'm going to be in labor forever is what I told myself again but it was uh, my labor with Juliet was so short so I I didn't know where was it it was like four hours oh yeah
1: Mm -hmm.
0: yeah so uh, (laughs) yeah so I didn't want to like have any expectations because I know birth is does what she wants so I was kind of mentally preparing for a long labor um because it's always better to do that yeah (laughs) um but I came upstairs and tried to take a nap and um the surges were just like too intense um so I was kind of walking around upstairs and was leaning against the countertop in the bathroom and Russ came in and he was like do you do you need a bath I'm like well it's so early I feel like I shouldn't get in the water but yeah that sounds nice so I got into the water and um with this labor I was having back labor which I hadn't experienced before and it is very different (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) pretty intense um so I was in the tub and um Russ or Rebecca they were like pouring warm water on my low low back kind of butt crack area and then or on my belly depending on how it was laying in the tub um and I did that for a really long time and was kind of like making a lot of noise through my labor it was like feeling really intense and I was thinking I needed to change the scenery. It was just kind of feeling a little stagnant. So um, I went downstairs. And downstairs is kind of my birth vision. I envisioned giving birth, like next to the Christmas tree and in front of the fireplace and um when I was upstairs Rebecca had set up my altar downstairs and had the candle going I had a birth candle and it just looked so beautiful downstairs when I got downstairs and I labored there for a while and was kind of making a lot of noise and then I just felt like I needed to change things up so I started really breathing through my contractions and kind of not making as much noise and just really focusing on opening up and staying calm. And I was on my um I had like a doggy bed that hadn't been used for a dog, but it was like a big, really yeah. comfy pillow. <laughs> Which I highly recommend. Yeah, good really. knee support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I had that on the floor and then I had a like a birth ball that I was leaning on with a blanket on it. Um And then I had a a heating pad that you microwave and then that was on like my lower back because my lower back was just really hurting with the back labor. Um, So I did that for a while and then it was weird because I had never labored in daylight before. So I kept thinking, this is so weird. Are you there?
1: I'm here. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. Um, you just froze there. Okay. So um, so I kept thinking it was weird to be laboring in the daylight. It was just felt so not right. And I <laughs> didn't envision myself being in labor in the day. Um, so the day passed finally, and it was kind of getting dark. And um, I looked up at the clock, and it was like nine o'clock. And I'm like, Oh, these baby or this baby I didn't know there was two I'm like this it's been forever and I don't think they're coming tonight this doesn't feel like it we're good I'm, so I told Rebecca and Russ I'm like you guys need to get some sleep it's going to be a really long night <laughs> so I told them to rest and I had kind of been bouncing between the bathroom and kind of laboring in the bathroom and then laboring in front of the fire and um, I was wanting to get in the water again so I we have a really tiny shower downstairs Mm -hmm. and um, I got in there and I put the ball in there and it was covering the drain. (laughs) I had to like smash it against the wall. (laughs) It's like a really tiny shower but uh, we made it work and I was in there for a while and I was feeling like I had to pee but I couldn't really pee and then I would asked Rebecca to call you because I was worried about having a full bladder because it had been a while since since I had really had a good pee
1: yeah Uh, and let me tell you that my heart jumped out of my chest when I saw (laughs) that you guys were calling because I knew you were in labor and I didn't really know what the plan was like if you would only call me in an emergency or if you were going to call me regardless and so I was like "Ah!" (laughs) they calling me but I was like hello (laughs) <laughs>
0: like, I like, oh. yeah you sounded very calm
1: <laughs> but I was like oh like what's going on and uh, and yeah I was very pleasantly surprised or happy to hear that it was only a pee question <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah it wasn't the easy question <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was like oh that's fine like you don't have to worry about that just yeah and I just
0: kind of stayed in, yeah stayed in the water and then I eventually peed a little and then I felt a little bit better about it and then um Rebecca was like well do you want to get back in the tub like it seems like you want to be in the water and it was running out of hot water and I'm like yeah actually that sounds good because <laughs> again I thought well we're going to be doing this forever might as well get back into the tub so okay. I is it like your bathroom tub or like a birth tub it's a uh, my bathroom tub your but bathroom it's like tub. a kind of a bigger like jacuzzi it's pretty, kind of but yeah it's like a jacuzzi kind of tub cool. um so and Rebecca got the pots on the stove and started heating up water because I used all the hot water uh-huh. <laughs> so I kind of had to wait a little while and I just went in front of the fireplace and labored there for a little bit um and I was really shaky um kind of through most of my labor towards the end I was and I was like well is it cold or is it hormones or kind of what's going on there so I covered myself in blankets and um, was still feeling pretty shaky and then we made once the tub was ready I went upstairs and into the tub mm-hmm. um and Rebecca and Russ were there and um I still felt like it, labor was feeling intense but it was it didn't feel like it was almost over um and I turned, I was laying on my back in the tub and I was feeling like I wanted the water on my like lower back. So I turned over and then they were pouring water on my back and I'm like, Russ, can you get a little bit more hot water? Cause I need more water in the tub. Cause my belly's so big and w- I just needed a little more floating space. Um, so he went downstairs to get some hot water and I had one really intense <laughs> contraction and novella like literally shot out of me <laughs> <laughs> while he was downstairs well so he totally missed her birth it was like and i'm like becky call Russ, you know and she's like yelling his name and Wait, uh, so but she was you, like helping me was she born in her water bag did your waters break like what I, I think it all kind of happened at okay. once. okay yeah, yeah yeah i just had a really intense contraction and then i asked rebecca i'm like did something just come out of me like it was so fast and intense Wow! Um, and she literally just shot out of me um so poor russ missed the birth of the baby and he came up like crying because he missed the birth when he was so sad (laughs) it was really awful (laughs) um and then um uh, you and know i got a
1: text from rebecca that says we have a baby yeah i think i was just picking up my phone to be it was like 11 or something i was like hey i'm gonna be heading to bed just call me if you need i was gonna like send that text uh-huh. and i saw we have a baby i was like oh my god i'm wide awake now i can't go to bed because i was like keep me posted if like placenta comes or another yeah. Baby. And, yeah
0: yeah so that the baby Nobella was born and then um I'm like, well, if there's two, like I want to, what I had, you know, kind of what we talked about is staying upright and just kind of making sure everything moves down. And so I was on my knees and holding Nobella, and still in the tub, still in the tub. Yeah. And then, um, I had a pretty intense contraction and I thought there's probably another baby and Nobella was tiny. She was like, I mean, we measured her later. She was like five, pounds, six ounces or something. So she was pretty little. Um, I had a pretty big contraction. And then I was thinking, yeah, there's probably another baby in there. And then a couple contractions later, another baby came out. Uh, Olive came out and she was breech. Mm -hmm. Um, So that really brought back some things about Juliet's birth for Russ and Rebecca like you could just feel the tension and we had talked about a breech birth what we would do we had a plan we kind of everybody knew what we were supposed to do but there was still a tension you know it was yeah. a little nerve-wracking
2: mm-hmm.
0: um but she was born quickly and um she came out a little bit gray. Breast gave her a little breath and kind of stimulated her, and um, she was perfect and crying. And they passed her through my legs, and there was two babies. Oh
1: my! <laughs> yes, I do remember the second test text come through, and it said we have two baby.
2: <laughs>
1: I was like, "What? <laughs> oh my goodness!" Because I, I just was like. This is wishful thinking because it's so exciting and fun. But there's not really going to be two babies. There were two babies.
0: There were definitely two babies. Wow! Wow! It was crazy, and it still doesn't feel real. So
1: I was thinking, you were sitting there when you realized, like. I think there's another baby. And when you're holding two babies, were you just like, oh yes, this makes sense. Were you like, I can't believe this actually happened. Like, what were you thinking?
0: Yeah, it was just kind of like disbelief really. Like, wow, there was really two. And it's so crazy, you know, to like listen to your intuition. And my intuition the whole time had been telling me there's two babies. And even like I had a little um, altar set up for the conception and stuff and I had a perfect little sand dollar and it said baby tea on there and then I put one heart on it and then I put it down and then I'm like ah oh, it needs another heart so I put another heart on there there was two hearts like it was like <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> it's so crazy yeah. um and so special
2: yeah
0: and um all of being born breach really brought a lot of healing Mm-hmm. um to us you know this whole birth like even when I was kind of planning the birth and like I said it was a really spiritual pregnancy it really um my ancestors like this whole birth it was healing my Native American ancestors and um myself and my mom like there was so much healing going forward and backwards and the generations um it was really really special
1: and I know you you touched base on um all of being breached and that you had a plan on what you would do did she just come flying out too or did you either of you help her out or what was Cause I know you mentioned that there was like a little bit of like angst that came up. Like, did it take a little while for her to be born? What, what was that like?
0: She was born um, pretty quickly. I don't know exactly the timing, but she was born up to her head pretty fast. And then her head was there for like a little while and Russ was starting to get nervous. So he was getting ready to kind of like help her head be born. And I was pushing at the same time. So he was kind of helping and I was pushing Um, and then she was born pretty. Yeah,
1: both like just get her out.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wow,
1: wow, wow! And then you have two babies. Yeah, and then there was. Did you have like two? I doubt you got like two car seats because you don't want to have like a car seat
0: right Extra. yeah we, Russ and I talked about it we were like well what should we do and he was like well if another one comes then we'll just buy everything." <laughs> <Yeah. we do." laughs> so um and we had everything we needed for one baby but we, we had to get all the things we needed more cloth diapers more of everything <laughs> um, it was pretty it was intense and then oh I should talk about my placenta oh yeah mm-hmm. um so we the second baby was born and we saw that they were both girls and it was so exciting and um I was still in the tub and the water was looking pretty bloody but you know blood it doesn't take much blood for the water to look super bloody so I'm like well let me get out of the water so we can kind of see what's going on and I stepped out of the water and there was like a big gush of blood that came out. I'm like, okay, I need to be laying down on the floor. So we set up the dog bed, which came in handy. Like I said, I recommend the dog bed. (laughs) Uh, I laid on the the dog
1: bed. tips are prepare for two-day labor and get a dog bed. Yeah. (laughs)
0: um saves your knees and your back Um, so I laid on the dog bed and they and had the babies on my chest and they were still attached to the placenta um and um then we woke Charlie up so he can meet his sisters and uh he was pretty excited that there was two yeah he kind of we had talked about you know the blood and good bleeding and but he saw there was blood like on the side of the tub (laughs) and he was like okay I've had a tub so I think I'll go back to sleep (laughs) so he didn't hang around very long um and then I felt like the placenta was ready to be born and it felt hard to juggle the babies and figure out how to turn my body around and I was pretty sore that was like a 10-hour labor so it was pretty it was a pretty long labor um so we ended up cutting the clamping and cutting the umbilical cords and then um after we did that I just kind of got up on my knees and the placenta was born just right it was ready to come and um that was probably maybe like 30 45 minutes maybe closer to 45 minutes after they were born Mm -hmm. um and then I made my way I took a quick shower and then made my way to bed and snuggled my babies and it was so perfect (laughs) so sweet and so um
1: do you know if they're identical
0: I think they're identical um their faces look the same they have like a little bit different head shape Mm -hmm. um and Nobella has more hair than Olive Olive's like losing her hair hair, and Nobella's hair is still growing so (laughs) their hair is like a little bit different but their faces look the same so i'm not going to do any testing or anything yes. but they, there was one placenta and they look pretty similar
1: uh-huh. <laughs> um, what what's it been like nursing two babies
0: it's pretty intense it was um at, after they were born we were still in like covid quarantine which actually was perfect <laughs> so nobody could come over uh, we just literally stayed in bed naked for the first week. It was so perfect. And uh, that really helped establish breastfeeding. Um, but the first few days, it felt like my nipples were going to fall off because they were constantly being sucked up. <laughs> they weren't getting a break at all, really. Um, but I did have some nipple cream and that really, you know, that helped. And um, once my milk came in and they were actually like nursing that helped as well um and i've kind of figured out how to tandem breastfeed and that's basically what we do most of the time um so it was really a precious uh postpartum period my grandma she's been coming over pretty much once my husband went back to work she comes over every day and does the dishes and folds laundry and holds a baby and it's really amazing
1: that's really sweet and as yeah. a baby,
0: right you know that's the reason why we hire postpartum
1: doulas is because we just don't have that community there
0: right yeah so rebecca stayed a little while after the girls were born and she really was super helpful um and then Russ was here for a little while, and then my grandma's been coming. So I've had a lot of support and help, which I can basically take care of the girls, but I can't take care of the girls and wash the dishes or Those,
1: those are three full-time jobs. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah the first few weeks they were it was pretty hard like the my mother of one self of a five-year-old who's dressing himself and going to school and there was a lot of like independence I was getting back so that mother had she had to die yeah and mother of three self had to be born and it took a little while it was really overwhelming not being able to go poop and mm-hmm. not like showering and mm-hmm. not not being touched <laughs> so um it took a few weeks to adjust but once I kind of accepted that that's what it is for now like it felt easier mm-hmm. um even though it's still intense and hard but um, oh man it's helped a lot and then postpartum the hardest thing probably was constipation um that was that was really I don't know if it was because I was dehydrated because I'm you know I was drinking a ton of water but feeding yeah. two babies and I wasn't really moving a whole lot because I was always under two babies mm-hmm. um but that's kind of all worked itself out
1: was there anything that really just helped you with time? that time just time
0: I just ate a ton ton of prunes Mm -hmm. and a lot of magnesium like calm magnesium Mm -hmm. water Mm -hmm. (laughs) that was kind of what helped the most and actually having a moment to go to the bathroom (laughs) because when I had the urge they were usually like on me and I was by myself or something you know yeah (laughs) Yeah. so uh, whoa
1: what like three very different experiences
0: you've had Oh yeah, it's been, I've experienced a lot in my birth stories yeah. and they've all had such special, you know, um, special, like what they've taught me, um, the lessons and lessons. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for. Um, with Charlie's birth, I really taught me to surrender. I think that was part of me not progressing. It was, I didn't surrender. And growing up, my mom had passed away when I was 19 and my brother was eight. And I was already like, since there was an 11 year gap, I was already kind of like a mother figure to him and watched him and helped raise him. And, um, after she passed away i was really a mother figure and there was no like surrender at all so and before then it was just like go 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 you know be perfect do all the things that, you know you can't not be good at something and um so charlie's birth taught me to surrender <laughs> that was the big lesson there and juliet's birth showed me who i am and brought me to my power and taught me love and a whole different level and uh, the twins brought healing (laughs) so much healing that's beautiful
1: and thank you so much one for sharing all your stories but specifically Juliet's, because it's such a vulnerable story to share like you expressed with having family rally around you and then also like practically disown you and judge you um Mm -hmm. and to share it with you know potentially complete strangers who could be listening i can imagine that you're not the only one who has been through this experience um and you know it takes hearing the stories to um to like be able to find other people's healing within it Yeah. yeah yeah loss is so intense and we either you know, just like move on from it because it's so uncomfortable. Don't talk about it. Um, but, but these stories need to be shared. So
0: thank you for being willing to share it. Well, thank you for listening. I do appreciate it. And I've found a lot of comfort in listening to other, you know, lost moms and um, other lost stories. And um, it's a very, hard community to be a part of but it's really um there's a lot of support from um, people that have lost their babies and
1: yeah yeah. because everybody's risk analysis is different for one person giving birth at home and assisted would be way too risky and for somebody else going to the hospital would be way too risky you know and like babies die in hospitals all the time so it belongs to the family to make their own risk analysis of what they're you know willing um to risk and where they're willing to risk it right yeah so I'm really proud of you for and what a beautiful story of like you and your husband coming together I remember the first time you told me that I my jaw dropped because you could just picture it going the other way right you know, and blame and like I told you so kind of thing and mm-hmm. and to hear that it was actually the complete opposite is so
0: beautiful yeah I'm so thankful it went the way it did because like you said it could have easily gone the other way and, yeah, um, yeah.
1: Uh, well I'll let you get back to your to your little ones but thank you again <laughs> for, for sharing
0: oh thank you so much Sophia
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening. You can find us at Born Wild Podcast on Instagram. For inquiries or feedback, you can email us at bornwildpodcastgmail.com. At you can find me, Emma Ray, on Instagram at emma ray, R E A, Sophia at sophiabirth.com. And me, Leah, at Bay Area Homebirth. We would really appreciate it if you would rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach more people. And as always, stay, stay wild. wild.